Medical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Welcome to episode number 51 of Practical Prepping Podcast. We're so glad to have you with us today. The podcast is growing exponentially, and we certainly appreciate each and every one of you. And we ask if you enjoy the podcast, if you would share it with someone that you know that could benefit from some of the things that we have to say. Said it's grown exponentially. We have reached, Chris, six out of seven continents. Wow. Okay. What continent do we lack? We lack Antarctica. Okay. Antarctica. So if if you have a friend in Antarctica, please email them a link to the podcast. We would love to get that seventh continent. We would love to have Antarctica. (laughs) Uh, That would be a very, very good thing for us to do. And we realize there's not a a large population in Antarctica, but that's the only one we lack. And I'd be interested to see how the websites handle the stats on that. That would be great to see. I would be interested in that, too. And it's a a pretty good international audience. Yes, I have discovered that we have regular listeners. These are more than a one or two download kind of listener. We've got regular listeners who who are consistently downloading the podcast. And we're going to do a quick shout out to some of these nations. We are getting listeners in Australia, in France, Germany, Guam, Ireland, Russia, and New Zealand. And we have about 25 more in addition to that, if not 30. I've forgotten the exact number on that. But those are some pretty high downloads in those countries, some pretty regular listeners, and we certainly appreciate that. And if you haven't already, click on that subscribe button so you don't miss another episode of Practical Prepping Podcast. Something else we'd like to mention, too, is we'd like to ask for email contact in reference to prepping in your country. We're especially interested in our international audience. What does prepping look like where you live? How long have you been a prepper? What types of items are in your go bags and bug out bags and get home bags and What sort of food items are you storing? Are you doing any home canning and preservation? We really want to know how we compare as Americans to some of our international listeners. And I think that would be a very, very interesting podcast to do. And, you know, if we've got somebody that's really willing to do it and would be interested, we could even do a Zoom podcast and feature that person, have them as a guest, talk about prepping in their country. Yes, if you have someone in a country that maybe is involved in emergency management, for example, or have radio. Just a regular regular listener that preps. Mm -hmm. And another thing I'd like to know is what do you prep for? Exactly. What would be the threat assessment? The, the in threats around the world are different. Mm-hmm. Within one country, they're different. Yeah, I mean, for example, some of them may be in danger of, say, a volcano, right. which we're not as likely where we live. I don't think we have any I volcano threats. I don't even know threats. where the ne- nearest volcano to us would be. But you know, a lot of our listeners right. do live within proximity. In the United States, we can vary from state to state. In the state that we're in, in Alabama, in the southeastern portion of the country, 
just north of Florida. And if you look at a map, Florida is that one that's got a finger pointing south, that mm-hmm. great big peninsula. Right. Uh, we're just a little bit to the north and west of them. And we have people on the coast who prepare for hurricanes. And up here, we prepare for tornadoes and ice storms. Exactly. So we would be interested to to know how you prep, what you prep for, uh, some of the things that you may prep differently than we do. And that's just something that we would like to ask you to uh, reach out to us. The email is info at practicalprepping.info. We have added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee. So you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. So we were thinking a long time about today's subject, and we're talking about spiritual preparedness, and uh, Mark and I both are believers, and we do want to share a little bit about that with you. And we acknowledge and respect the fact that not everyone ascribes to the same sorts of belief systems that we do. And and that's okay. That's okay. We want to respect you. We want you to understand that we completely believe in liberty and liberty of thought, liberty of belief, liberty of religious practice. We ourselves happen to be believers in Jesus Christ as Christians. We believe that we are saved by grace and not through any kind of works or any kind of merit. We didn't inherit it from our parents. It's a decision that we consciously made as an act of the will for ourselves. We hear some say that they don't need to prep because they are trusting that God will take care of every single detail and supply all of the needs so they have to literally lift their finger to do nothing. And I say, God does care for his creation, which does include all of us, even supplying the very air we breathe. But God also equips us with a brain for wise thinking and a body for hard work. Both of those elements are very essential for practical prepping. Mark, what does the Bible say about prepping? Well, that's what we want to talk about tonight. And the Bible teaches being prepared. Preparedness is taught in the Bible. And we pulled out a few examples here, and you can go and check these out yourself. And pretty interesting story in uh, Genesis chapter 41, and it's the account of Joseph. Joseph had been imprisoned with some of the other servants of the king or the Pharaoh, and the Pharaoh had a dream. He had two dreams in one night, and none of his wise men or magicians or anything else were able to interpret the dream. And I think it was the bread maker, the baker, the Pharaoh's baker, remembered that they had had some dreams when they were in prison, and Joseph had been able to interpret those dreams. So he mentioned to Pharaoh, Pharaoh sent for Joseph. They cleaned Joseph up, sent him before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh told him the dreams and told him that nobody else had been able to interpret those dreams. And and here's the, the first dream was seven fat cows followed by seven ugly, scrawny cows. Now, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing near the river and these cows came up out of the river and the scrawny cows ate the fat cows. The scrawny cows ate the fat cows. He went back to sleep, 
and his second dream was seven healthy heads of grain growing and sprouted up from uh, one branch was seven thin scorched heads of grain and they devoured the seven healthy grains. And this was the interpretation that Joseph made. And this is where we get into some prepping as it's taught in the Bible. And the interpretation was that the dreams were the same. Both represented seven years. The seven cows and the seven heads of grain both represented seven years. But in the dream, what God was telling him was that there would be seven years of great abundance followed by seven years of famine throughout all of Egypt. And it was so severe, or it would be so severe, that it would ravage the land. It actually turns out, too, that not only would the famine affect just the nation of Egypt, but there was famine in the neighboring nations around Egypt. So, commissioners were appointed by Joseph to collect one-fifth, or 20%, of all of the harvest throughout the seven years of abundance, and these 20% collection were to be held in reserve in each of the cities. So Joseph was put in charge. He was basically given the title of a governor, actually, under Pharaoh, second literally in command to Pharaoh, the emperor of Egypt. Joseph was put in charge, and he carried it out. And then after the seven years of abundance and all of the collection had come to an end, the seven years of famine struck. And in the whole land of Egypt, according to the word of God, there was no food except that which Joseph had stored up. Except that's which they had stored up. And we'll, we'll touch on it a little we'll, bit later. We'll get about back to that in how a few minutes. That, how that's going to manifest. Now let's look at another example, and this is in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. The writer of Proverbs says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. And then verse 7, it goes on to talk about the ant storing its provision in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. And this is done without instruction. There's not a master ant. There's nobody orchestrating all of this going on. It's an instinct that is put into the ant at birth. We see it with a lot of other species around the world as well, squirrels. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll scoot around and gather. They gather nuts. Mm -hmm. They bury them. Acorns. And so there's this preparedness taught. But here in Proverbs, he uses the ant. And I often have heard the contrast between the ant and the grasshopper. The grasshopper just eats what's available. Most of them die off at the end of the season. And they've not stored up anything to go through the winter. But the ant, with his own instinct, is preparing for the coming winter. Even the secular writer Aesop Mm -hmm. created a fable called The Ant and the Grasshopper. And it's a clear picture of those that prepare and store and those that do not. And then when calamity falls, suddenly... There's great panic among those that don't have any provisions and have wasted their time and their resources. And there's not 
panic or calamity among the household of those who have prepared, who have stored up, and in some cases may actually have to offer to help those that are in need. And we'll come to that in just a few minutes. But what you're saying here, it brings to mind something. When you go back to the seven fat years, the seven years of of high-yield harvest and things like that, and I was thinking about that this afternoon driving, and that is that we tend to get into preparedness, and I'm not talking to you and I because we've been doing this a long time, we as mankind, after a calamity, we jump into prepping and we prep for a little while. Then things go good and there's no need in our minds kind to of slack up. We, we slack bit. off on things mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, we've used up what we had stored up and then calamity comes and here we are trying to beat folks to the grocery store to buy milk and bread sandwiches. <laughs> milk and bread for milk sandwiches. Yes, in the United States when the at least in the south and the midwest when the weatherman mentions that s word snow no. everybody heads to the grocery store and buys up all the all bread and the milk bread. and that's why i say it's a conspiracy between the weathermen and the <laughs> folks that make and sell the bread and milk yeah, I don't know. but anyway that's an aside so instead of being that on again off again we ought to go back to another tale and that is of the tortoise and the hare We don't need to be jumping ahead and then taking a nap. We need to be slow and steady. And consistent. And consistent. Yeah, don't sprint and quit. Right. Mm -hmm. And whatever works for you, if it's a few cans uh, each week when you go to the grocery store to set aside some food, do that. If, If you grocery shop once a month, then buy eight or ten items when you go. But every time you go, you need to be adding something, and it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a large quantity, but you need to be laying something aside for those, and I say lean days or lean years. It could be a job loss. You and I have had the experience of living out of our prepper closet when we went from two to one income. For months. For for yeah. a few months there. Mm-hmm. And so that kept us from having to purchase additional groceries, which led us to be able to pay the rest of our bills without any severe financial hardship there or getting behind. That's just something we wanted to point out. The ant does stock up. We have added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee. So you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. Here's something else folks sometimes would say, well, what would Jesus do? In Luke chapter 22, this was right before the crucifixion. This is after the Last Supper. He's been equipping them for this three plus years. And he says, you know, I sent you out with no purse, no cloak, no nothing, and told you depend on God to supply. He said, now I'm sending you out and telling you to take a purse, take a cloak, And he said, and if you don't have a sword, sell your coat and buy a sword. Hmm. 
And the disciples responded to that, said, See, Lord, we have here two swords. And he says, That is enough. So I have jokingly said the Lord believed in backup. Absolutely. Not just one sword, but we have two. I think Jesus was trying to prepare them for the physical possibility that they may have to defend themselves. And in that day and time, they needed to be able to defend themselves. And you Well, know, that road between Jericho and Jerusalem was really robber's road. I mean, yeah, it did. You had to defend yourself and maybe even stand ready in the defense of defenseless people as correct. well. They had to defend their own families and such. So we know that even the Lord was putting in them the mindset of self-preservation and protection and having the mindset of awareness. And I basically, I think the Lord was telling them to keep their head on a swivel. You know, we've said that, and I think that's what Jesus was saying to them as well. Okay. We've established that prepping is taught in the Bible. Another good reason that we need to be prepping and that is biblical is that prepping allows us to be able to bless others. That's exactly what happens as we go further into the story of Joseph. Once the seven years of famine have begun, not only do the people of Egypt have to be cared for, and so they are cared for, they were able to open the Egyptian storehouses in all of these cities and spread the word to the neighboring nations who were also suffering with famine that they could come and also partake of that which had been prepped. And it brings a very interesting twist to this account. If you're a student of Bible history and you go back, you know that Joseph was the favored son and he was basically sold into slavery by his brothers. Right. They actually threw him into a pit overnight. They did not care for Joseph. They thought that he was kind of a a smarty pants kind of a young man, and they kind of wanted to get rid of him, and some slave traders came by. They sold him to the slave traders, and then they killed a goat and wiped its blood all over Joseph's coat of many colors, went back to the father and told a great big fat lie that Joseph had been killed and that here was the bloody evidence. And of course, it broke Jacob's heart because Joseph was a dear, dear son. He was the favorite son. So anyway, one thing happens to Joseph after another. He gets sold into slavery. He kind of works his way up in the ranks as a rank slave. And then this happens and that happens. We really we really recommend that you read Genesis 41 to really see the amazing adventures of Joseph. I'd go back even further than that and and find out how he was a servant in Potiphar's house. Oh yes. And that how was... he was how he wound up in prison for 10 years. For 10 years. Innocent. Falsely accused. Mm-hmm. That so Joseph really had a tremendous faith Everywhere Joseph turned, and see, Joseph didn't have it easy. He was a believer, and he believed in God, but he had one of the hardest struggles of any person that's been characterized in the Bible. But God blessed him for his faithfulness. And that's where this twist comes back around. Yes, because who knows, decades may have passed. Right, and a considerable amount of time, we we know at At least least 14 years. Well, you had 10 years he was in prison. And there was all the years before. 
before they that. had seven years, yes, mm-hmm. and he had seven years that he stored up, mm-hmm. and the account takes place the second year of the famine okay. with what we're about to relate. Okay. So there was 19 years. At least. At least that he, since he had gone to jail. And we don't know how long he had served prior Prior. to that. So we're talking, you know, at least a quarter of a century here at a very minimum. And his brothers think that by now he's dead. Yeah, they they don't know. They have no idea. They have no idea. The last time they saw him was when they sold him into slavery. And Jacob has been told that he is dead. Right. So he's absolutely convinced that he is dead. Now, this famine extended far beyond Egypt, and these preparations, as you mentioned a minute ago, enabled Egypt to be able to bless others by selling grain to other countries, to other tribes, to people, what have you. And this is where it gets interesting that his brothers were sent by Jacob, all except for the very youngest son, Benjamin, were sent to Egypt to purchase grain. Joseph recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize him. It's likely that Joseph took on the appearance of an Egyptian Dressed political like person. He may he may not have looked anything like the Joseph they would have. Oh, remembered. absolutely not, because he's at least twenty five years older than when they saw him. And he's he's a a person of authority. He is someone dressed in finery, and he's got every sort of of credential that he's right. wearing and so they these these men from Israel come to buy food and and they would have no concept that Joseph could even be in this position. Oh I mean, of course. The last they, time they saw him he was just they, a kid. They figure he's dead. Yeah. And here they're dealing with this guy and at this point Joseph is bilingual. He has learned both of the languages and the brothers don't know that he is able to understand them as they're talking. Right. So there's some argument between them about having sold their brother. One of them basically says, "I told you so." Mm-hmm. And you know, God is visiting this upon us because of our sin. And Joseph sold them some grain. And had the servants put the silver back in their bags. Like he gave their money back. He gave their money back unknowingly to them. Yes. And they got home, opened it up, found it in there. And then they got really scared. They got really scared. They thought, we'll be accused of robbery. And we really don't know what period of time the amount of grain that they had was sustained because their extended family was somewhere around 70 people. Mm -hmm. And they had to sustain those people during this famine in their own land. So, and they had to sustain their animals too. Well, absolutely. That would have been a large. And so you're talking a large amount of grain, but we don't know how long it lasted. But we know it's running out, mm-hmm. and so Israel sends them back. And they go back with the understanding that Joseph had said, you have to bring your younger brother. I'm going to keep one of you brothers here, send the rest back, and you got to bring the other one back. Oh, yeah. And so long story made short, Joseph sends word. He reveals himself to his brothers. He says, I'm alive. 
Go and get our father and bring your families and we will sustain you here. So what happens is the prepping that was done by Joseph was able to bless his own family, not to mention the others in other countries around them. But in doing so, he and his father's name was Israel, and he was able to save what would become the nation of Israel. So prepping allowed Joseph to be able to bless others. And the story is also about the power of restoration and forgiveness. And it took a great deal of forgiveness for all of this to happen. That's something that only God can really Mm -hmm. impart to someone, is that when you really understand forgiveness, and that we, we... we needed forgive we need forgiveness in our lives and that's why we as believers have trusted Christ for our salvation and for the forgiveness of the sins that we have sinned against God and that is the ultimate preparation the ultimate preparation the ultimate preparation is knowing Jesus Christ as your personal savior but God created us with free will and so We should exercise the mental maturity to make wise, prepping decisions. And Mark and I strive to honor God by the choices that we make to provide for our loved ones and for each other. You know, God does provide us with the strength and abilities to earn a living, to behave like a responsible citizen, and to desire to prepare for the expected and the unexpected events that come to us all. You know, one of these days... We're going to, as the saying goes, slough off this mortal coil and pass on over into eternity. And we believe that we're going to be with Jesus at that time. And that assurance gives Mark and I a great deal of peace. You know, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. And we acknowledge that different people have different beliefs. And we respect that completely. But we want to leave you with this thought. We pray that something that we have shared today will bless someone, even if it's just one person. And if that helps to bring you closer to a relationship with God, then we will just celebrate that and praise the Lord for that. And we just wanted you to know a little bit about our hearts, to be able to share our hearts. And we appreciate the liberty that we enjoy to be able to do that. And we pray blessings upon each and every one of you, our listeners. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, and please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping, email at info at practicalprepping.info, and our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.